Hello, everyone. Well, welcome to another episode of Midnight Meanderings with my dear brother on the path, Brian, who is out in Hawaii. Look at all that tropical wonderment behind you. Aloha. <laughs> and of course, yeah. as soon as we start now, the dog's starting to bark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, if for those of you who are catching us for the first time, the, uh, you can feel free to make comments. You can ask questions. We can go anywhere with the conversation, but we're just kind of picking Brian's brain because he's traveled the world and studied with all these uh, amazing shamans and medicine people. Uh, poor dog. What are you doing to that poor dog over there, Brian? Um, I, I, I don't know. He's, he, that's Titus. He's uh, very uh, demanding. So, Interesting. Um, well, hopefully uh, he'll come down a bit here. <laughs> yeah, his doggy daddy's working and uh, yeah. And of course now he wants all the attention because now you're doing this. Yeah. Cool. So what what are the uh, the energy following the energy of what's going on in your world? Is there anything that's kind of coming up in uh, in your neck of the woods that we want to kind of speak to and add a little bit of light and possibility to? Well, uh, just had an awesome weekend wandering. Uh, I went on walkabout and uh, got to explore the island uh, some more. Went to some of my favorite spots. Um, I shared a lot of. I have a lot of close spiritual connections here. I got to spend a lot of time with um, a good friend of Kahuna here. Uh, I learned, um, met up with my friend Bonnie. She does cranial sacral and Bowen, so she's been kind of schooling me on that. Uh, but uh, really amazing weekend. Um, it's just kind of outside time. It's Hawaiian time, and uh, it's very important to just kind of step off the rat wheel sometimes. And uh, you can really do that here and just forget what day of the week it is and just be present in that moment. Especially you know, that That's something to be said because, you know, I know when Zane's taught and he's talked about in Peru, when someone says, you know, they're going to meet you at like two o'clock in the afternoon or something like that, they might wander in like eight in the evening. Uh, like time isn't the same um, in, in different necks of the woods because people just have a different understanding or a different um, concept when you're talking about meeting up at a certain time or space that you know, that's maybe a suggestion, not necessarily, you know, something we're actually going to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually a lot of the people don't have phones here. Uh, so if you want to meet with someone, it's just, you kind of put it out there. Then all of a sudden, Oh, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Yep. You know, uh, you know, or, hey, I'll see you again. You know, when when are we going to meet up? Uh, when it's time. And, you know, right when, you, when you're supposed to meet, you meet. It's uh, really, it functions that way here. Yeah, Hawaii, you, mentioned, you mentioned that you um, got to spend time with a kahuna over the weekend. So could you give, because I'm not even sure exactly what the definition of a kahuna is and how that would different would be different from like a shaman or a medicine man like what would what's the differences or what what are the similarities between like a shaman and a, a, the person that you spent some time with um kahuna is i believe kind of a, a term for healer okay. uh you know kind of like a shaman term but that's what they call it there is a uh, pa'a um which i'm not sure the difference between a pa'a and a kahuna um th there's a few different walks in the uh, spiritual traditions of Hawaii. A few different laws, did you say? Uh, no, uh, like like walks or paths. Oh, oh walks, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, just like the Mesa, you had the middle path, the left path, then the right path, depending on uh, what your uh, predispositions are as a person or a healer in a way. I wonder if it's something similar to that. Yeah, I, I've not gotten deep enough to be able to understand the 
the intricacies between the different titles. Gotcha. Well, that's what we're uh, setting you out on these trips for, Brian. You got to get all those details and like let us know all of, like what the differences are. Oh, there, there are some deep secrets here. Uh, just like many other parts of the world that are highly spiritual, there's volcanic tubes underneath it, just like Mount Shasta. There's a civilization underneath Mount Shasta called Telos, uh, just like under Uluru. Uh, in Australia, there's underground civilizations there. Uh, so we're sitting on a big volcano, and there, this actually used to um, be one island called Maui Nui. And before the oceans rose during the uh, era of Mu or the Lemurian era, uh, it was one island. So there's a lot of temples underneath of the, uh, the ocean. Uh, so they weren't built underneath the ocean. They were built before the ocean rose. Uh, and there, there is, this is historic. These temples are real solid rock underneath the ocean. And the, the history is solid and mainstream that it was Maui Nui um, before the ocean rose. So that was the land of Mu. So some of these traditions carry forward for tens of thousands of years in the kahuna traditions and lines uh yeah it uh you know i don't know how much i'm allowed to say because it is you're not supposed to talk about it uh some of the other traditions like uh the tradition of caro uh some of the lakota traditions uh, cherokee traditions have now come out and kind of had disclosure and openly share but the hawaiian tradition along with the aboriginal tradition is still very uh, secretive. So I, I'd love to say more, uh, but I don't want to offend anybody or kind of uh, give away secrets I'm not supposed to. Uh, there are really cool places that I wish I could share. And maybe after some events happen and disclosure happens on a larger scale, I can then talk about some of these places. Yeah. Uh, that's actually what I was going to ask because I know in the in the Peruvian tradition they had like the sign that they were waiting for and I believe it manifested as an earthquake and they took that as the time that it was the signal that it was going to be the coming together of man the rainbow tribe of man was going to come together again and it was time to share the knowledge and that's when they started teaching the children of the north is there a similar thing that they're kind of waiting for in that tradition maybe or is that something you're not real familiar with um the kahuna I've been dealing with uh, just keeps saying it's the end times. <laughs> Dig in, hold on, and uh, get ready. Uh, um, uh, what? what oh, he, he's he's really amazing. He talks. These veil is so very thin here. He talks about the night marchers and seeing the night marchers and um, all these spiritual phenomena, which are there. People see them just like Pele. People physically see a manifestation of Pele. She's actually a shapeshifter. Um, as far as I know, she will manifest into um, anything from a young girl to an older woman. Um, and some people say she can manifest into a white dog. Uh, but she's real. Um, so out of curiosity, do you think you could convince your kahuna to maybe come on and be a, a guest on the show too, and like see if they might divulge some secrets to the to the internet and for everybody who watches? 
Um, I, I will have to talk to him and see. <laughs> Ease uh, him into it. Ease him into it. Just baby yeah. steps. <laughs> uh, you never know. <laughs> he, he's really cool. He's showing me some of the ancient traditions. Uh, he wants to teach me how to trap a pig and uh, roast it in an emu, which is their like underground oven. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I, I can't eat uh, pig or meat. Uh, so, you know, if I, I, I can't eat it, I'm not going to kill it. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, well, I can teach you how to do that with uh, kalo or taro root, uh, which is what poi is made out of. It's almost like a potato, but it's kind of rubbery. You can cook it up into a stew. Uh, it's like a Polynesian superfood. A lot of the foods that have been taken here are medicine and superfoods. Uh, so you have what's called, um, sorry, it's been a long day. I was out in the sun and swimming and um, it's yellow. It's um, uh, noni. Uh, sounds like yoni, but it's a noni. Um, well, there was like a big craze a couple of years ago where like noni juice was like the thing you would always want to get, like take little shots of the juice every day or something like that. And they consider it like a superfood because of like the selenium content and other things like little micro type things that are in it. Yeah, it's um, anti-aging, anti-cancer, antimicrobial. Uh, I had this whole long list of things that it's good for. Uh, but what they don't mention most of the time is that it'll get you lit. Uh, there is an energy drink made out of the noni juice, turmeric, ginger, and uh, yerba mate extract. And you're pretty much high when you drink that stuff. Um, yeah, there's multiple people I, I've shared it with. And um, yeah, you get pretty much high. Uh, <laughs> I met one guy at the market up north. And um, he's like, I drank too much noni like this morning. And he's like, I can lift rocks. And he, so he goes, you have to boulder. And he, I'm like, you're, you're, no, no, I, I believe you don't have. No, no, let me show you. And he's like lifting this boulder up. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, dude, you're going to hurt yourself. You're not using proper technique. <laughs> Just show um, But yeah, it was so funny. Um, that guy was a character. He actually was an advocate for introducing Koki frogs. Koki frogs came from uh, Puerto Rico in a shipment of plants to Walmart, and then they spread throughout the island. Um, and you'll, you'll hear them almost like spring peepers in the Midwest. They go, Koki, Koki. Uh, it sounds like the jungle. However, when you put together a whole jungle full of them, it gets loud. And there's a lot of people that want to uh, try and exterminate them, but then he's an advocate for natural i mean everything on the island is an invader species this island was a rock in the middle of the ocean so uh you have endemic species like the um ohia and a few others which are only found here uh, the nene goose but at some point in time they came here and morphed um went through an evolution to become what they are now the ohia is really beautiful. The ohia and the fern are the first ones on the lava rock, on a fresh lava flow. So um, they are the ones who start life on the island. Very cool. I'm curious, does the kahuna that you're studying with, uh, like the, the Hawaiian healing technique that I'm most familiar with is something called lomi lomi. Have you been able to study that at all a little bit, or is that something that your kahuna would be able to uh, teach you? 
Uh, yeah, we, we actually just started working on that. Uh, he's, he's a hard worker. He's, um, you know, he's up there in years and uh, he still works really hard. Uh, so his back was all messed up. So I was working on him last night and he was showing me some of the Lomi Lomi technique. Um, he's got a lot. He's a uh, he's a kahuna of the rocks. So he knows all about rocks. Uh, in fact, if people take rocks from the island and they're not supposed to, you know, so say they take a rock from a temple and all of a sudden their life starts going awry, they have to send it back. He's the one who takes the stones and puts them back to where they need to go. So, oh, so everybody who's mailing it back—that's actually going to this Kahuna. Interesting. Yes, it is. Yeah, I, uh, I saw I saw a TV episode about that where they were—I think it was like an old Brady Bunch episode or something like that—with the the like the curse of the rocks and everything that you're not supposed to take them. So that there is a little bit of uh, truth to that, or a lot of truth. Oh, yeah. To that. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, same thing so, with Uluru in um, in Australia. If you steal rocks from their sacred land, um, bad things happen. Like, no joke, whether you're superstitious or not, bad things start to happen until you return it. Well, what about like um, if you were to offer an INI back to the site? Um, or is that like a different thing? Like if you're being guided to exchange like a, something of yours for a rock from a temple or something like that, or is that still unheard of? Uh, I, I'm not authority to speak on that you'd have to really speak to the elders of that area or tradition, the keepers of those sacred sites um, to see if you have permission uh, to see if you could um, do an offering and basically um, in exchange for that rock or something. Um, I, I can't, I, I don't have the authority to say yes or yay or nay on that one. Oh, so there may be a process, though. You got to like talk to the elders, and if they throw their whatever their equivalent of throwing coca leaf would be, or something to that effect, they may say yay or nay that you are meant to have a stone from a sacred site or not. But I think that's all of Hawaii, isn't it? Like it doesn't matter if it's from a temple or not. I've heard that if you're if you're you're not to take anything off the island, like a like a rock or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not completely clear on that, but that could very well be. I know you're definitely not supposed to take from temples and sacred sites. The, the power and magic here is real. It's, I've heard of kahunas that have, uh, well, I mean, there, there's light and dark. And so there's kahunas of the light that have battled the dark and people have died from these energetic exchanges. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, th this is real. Just like in Australia, um, pointing the bone, they can kill people, and there it's it's on record. Uh, so this this is on official record that people have had the bone pointed at them, and they die. Uh, so, yeah. For those of you who are just joining us, Brian has traveled from Mexico to Australia. Now he's in Hawaii, and he's been learning from different medicine people and shamans from around the globe. Well, I'm trying to pull like uh, secret stuff out of him, but he's like really uh, not giving up all the good secrets. You got to go to Hawaii and study with the Kahuna's to to get the good stuff, or we got to get that elder on and see if we might be able to share a little bit of his wisdom with the world. Let him know, hey, if it really is the end times, if not you, who? Uh oh, Brian just disappeared. Oh, he can't hear my quote now. We'll give him a second. Hopefully he will come back. So if you're watching and you have any questions for when Brian comes back or just for me, feel free to ask them in comments. And I'm sure he's just uh, renewing his internet connection, hopefully. We'll see if he messages me too on Facebook.
that. And the, just to give you a little bit of story while um, we're waiting for Brian to come back, I'll just put it up on me for a moment. Uh, I was working at Goddess Elite, which is a metaphysical shop here in North Olmsted. Uh, well, yeah, it was still in North Olmsted. And I was just doing tuning fork sessions and Brian comes in with just this amazing inquisitive um, mind that he has, just asking a bazillion and one questions. And basically, oh yeah, he said his computer crashed. So um, let me just ask him if he's rebooting. Done for today, we'll just see. But I'll tell you the story about how we met still. <laughs> but um, so anyway, he came in and was just asking a million and one questions about tuning forks and about everything. And uh, just kind of came up every time I was at Goddess Elite hanging around and uh, we became really good friends over time and then we ended up uh, taking the shaman apprenticeship program together when uh, i brought zane here zane kerfman author of inca mountain magic brought him to cleveland to teach a seven weekend intensive around the paco Kuna tradition of peru and through those adventures and everything uh, we built our mesas and we learned all the different traditions from south america and then he basically got this amazing inspiration that he was just going to leave everything and if you if you don't know brian he is it was an accumulator of a lot of things and he had a basement full of stuff cars full of stuff like he even had a mobile home and he basically ended up uh condensing everything that he had to a backpack and a suitcase and left from ohio uh to Australia lived there for a year until the energy shifted and then he just left Australia and now he's in Hawaii and he's literally following the energy and when he got to Hawaii uh, he needed transportation someone literally gives him a car <laughs> and so every time he needs something spirit just provided for him uh, and let me see if he's coming back he's he has not responded yet so bear with me here anybody have any questions i see a, a, quite a few people have joined us from um, brian's page infinite love ministries welcome i know you're expecting brian and you're seeing hank uh he's just had a having a computer issue and he's rebooting i see some people are in stir crazy shamans this is just one of my other shaman friends who we were uh, every tuesday night at midnight we get together and just kind of talk to see what is in the energy and the air to talk about and I'm stalling here, trying to give him a minute. He's not responding here. Well, we'll give him a couple more minutes. And if he can't get the computer, whoop, here he comes. Let me add got to my the stream before I got my uh, computer up. So I'm trying to get back to the computer, but I figured I'd get up really quick on the phone. Oh, yep, not a problem. It's uh, you're there. We can see the nice background. I was just telling everybody the story of how, how we met and uh, did the shaman apprenticeship program together, and then uh, you basically just decided to follow the energy and left uh, left Ohio, went to Australia, and now are in Hawaii. And prior to him kind of reducing all of his belongings down to a suitcase, he did go to. Mexico for a period of time got me this amazing incense burner that I when I'm at broadcasting from the office I'll show you guys but it's like this amazing replica of like I think a Mayan artifact that just is awesome yeah. one of my favorite things and then a, a little white outfit that he got me so we could do Sonic Shaman concerts together and like look the part being the bald brothers dressed in white <laughs> great fun now we got to do virtual stuff <laughs> Yeah, well, when uh, when the idiot apocalypse ends, we should um, you should fly out here and uh, take you on adventures. <laughs> idiot apocalypse, you get me every time with that. No, but yeah, I know people look at me, and um, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh oh. Let me put you on uh, mute. Oh, are you switching to the computer? Uh, yeah, I thought I was going to. Okay, so I'm going to mute you here, and I'll bring you up. Look, we got double Brian. How crazy is this? Oh, yeah, multiple angles. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to remove that one from the stream, because that's going to just create audio echoes. <laughs> okay. All right, turn. Sorry, guys. All right, I muted you just for a second, and you want to make sure you have the volume off on that thing so we don't get that again. All right. Okay, now we're back to business. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for bearing with our technology um, <laughs> glitch there. What happened? Did you just uh, need to plug the computer in, or uh, no? I it's a glitch with the computer for some reason. It just turns off. Um, I need to get that figured out. And then again, it is like a computer from two thousand and eleven or something. Yeah, so computer years. That's like a senior citizen. So yeah, I, I <laughs> need a geriatric uh, technology guy to help out with it. Yeah. Cool. And Angela is uh, giving a little, I think that's a little applause. So I thank you for joining us. I'm glad that you're here with us. Now she's, uh, I, I know she follows me and Casey on the morning show. Uh, Casey is like in bed by 830 typically. So I don't know if and when you're going to meet him on air, but we'll have to plan one time where we could all three be on and uh, uh, talk about possibilities and see what comes up. But if you're just joining us, I, I see that there's quite a few people uh, watching from your page, Brian, that might not have seen you in a while. So if you have any questions about Brian's adventures or anything that he's been doing, uh, please let us know. We're, we're happy to go wherever the questions take us, if there's anything on anyone's mind. Yeah, um, I'll try and keep an eye on Messenger as well. So if you have any questions and you're watching, um, I'll try and keep an eye on there as well. Yep. Well, well, yeah. If you're, um, if you share it to your page, especially, that you have to monitor that. But anything on your page is going to roll up in the comments here, and I'll be able to see it. Oh, okay. Great. Great. Yep. Yep. That's the cool thing about this technology. I love it. It's so great. We're streaming to like five different places right now, and we can see the comments all in one spot. Yeah. So you had a list of questions we talked about the last time when we missed the stream. Yeah, that would be helpful if I hadn't lost that. Right. Okay. Well, um, there oh, was Wait, I got it. I did. I saved it. I actually labeled oh. it and everything. Well, we were, um, we were talking, I was going over like, uh, some messages that I had gotten from, uh, something that Casey and I were talking about in the morning stream where the concept that of nothing matters and, uh, th that sometimes is a, gets a lot of controversial responses because then the, the pe where people go with it is, okay, well, if nothing matters, well, what about murderers? If that nothing matters, then why punish them? Why do this? So what would be, what would you say about the concept of it, it doesn't matter, nothing matters in the, in the scheme of oneality versus duality? I mean, there's, there's many levels of the game we're playing right now, but at the absolute or one of the extreme high levels of this game it doesn't even matter it, it's all a daydream that we created and really there is no separation you're sitting at home and i'm just you you're just watching yourself talk uh <laughs> it, it's this amazing thing and i've gotten to experience it through many visions that we're all just one, uh, no matter, I mean, you're sitting on yourself, watching yourself on yourself, uh, you know, so, you know, you, that chair you're sitting on is just the fabric of your daydream, your imagination, the computer, you're just imagining that 
you're having an experience and you gave yourself amnesia to experience it at a very deep and real level. Uh, so on some level, it does matter. This is a, a test that we've given ourselves. Um, you are here to test, to see if you can get through it, to see if you can prove yourself. But then uh. it doesn't matter. You don't have to prove anything to anyone. You are beautiful and perfect. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, and Robin's bringing up a point, struggling with that now with the politics and massive changes, when when it's, when you're in the, because the, there's the greatest truths are paradoxes. So while it's true that we're all one, and in the grand scheme of oneality, nothing matters, our experience right now is that of a duality. And in the duality, we do have this positive and negative vibration, though from a distance, it doesn't matter. In the thick of it, it feels very much like it matters. And then the question then becomes, well, we don't want to start falling into judgment of saying that this is good and this is bad because judgment locks you further into the duality. Because if you're taking a side and you're aligning and agreeing with or resisting and reacting to any particular point of view, it's that's that's the point of the duality. It's locking you into to that space. So being able to look at it as, wow, all that's an interesting point of view and start to function from what works and what doesn't work then that can create to a lot of different lightness. But you're right, with the politics and massive changes, um, it's, it's a hard pill to swallow sometimes that, oh my gosh, what do you mean that nothing matters? Or, or the things that we're talking about can feel really unsettling. The reality is that's all just a game. You have the red puppet fighting the blue puppet. Um, I've been behind that American flag curtain that hides the government. I've talked to politicians and behind closed doors, you know, when it, it's, it's just, you know, chit chat and conversation spinning the yarn um you know they go oh you know we go out for dinner afterwards you know republicans democrats are actually good friends but during the day it's pro wrestling oh we hate them they hate us but they all answer to the same puppet masters uh so a lot of it's just an illusion a lot of it's corruption a lot of it um is the wizard behind the curtain pulling strings it's not what you think it is. I know it's, it's this great idea to think that we have this, you know, ultimate say and the idea of a country for the people by the people is incredible. Uh, the idea that we have rights in this country, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, that is incredible. But guess what? One little illness took away our entire First Amendment. We don't have freedom of press anymore. We don't have freedom of speech. If you say something against the mainstream narrative, it gets taken down. Um, so really, America is the Constitution of the United States. That is the heart and soul of America. And if we just eliminated the First Amendment completely because of an illness, and I mean, all of a sudden, well, martial law, so we need to, just like New Orleans, round up the guns because it's martial law and people could get dangerous and mobs could happen. Well, then we just eliminated the second one. And I mean, without going into too much detail or constitutional law, a whole lot of other constitutional uh, amendments have been violated. Uh, and it, it's really, I got a ticket for just being at a beach which you are allowed to be at. I was opening in Coconut. You're allowed to swim at the beach, but you're not allowed to lay or um, loiter. 
So I was opening a coconut right next to my car before going down and swimming. And the guy gave me a ticket. Now I have a court date for doing what I was legally allowed to do. Really? I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, only you can get a ticket for eating a coconut. <laughs> uh, Robin was just sharing that the puppets are planning to come to our homes and test and remove if we test positive for the disease, resisting it hard. Absolutely. I'm not one for, um, uh, I'm, I believe it's everybody's choice, of course, to uh, choose if vaccines and things are the right things for, for them, but I'm, I'm personally not an advocate of it. And I, I don't, I'm kind of in the same boat as, uh, as Robin. Yeah, that is nuts that you got a ticket for a coconut. I, really? <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll have to have a whole thing. Like, what's your court date? I am curious. Uh, uh, June something or another. So June. it's really inconsequential because everything's still probably going to be shut down. They're talking about extending, you know, Hawaii, everything shut down, even though there's no active cases. So when I was in the hospital, you know, almost dying, I, I was really worried because the staph infection was attacking my lungs. And here I am going right to COVID central. Um, that that cesspool of you know convalescence, the hospital where people go to die, and I'm like, okay, I'm already immunodeficient because this the staph infection is wiping me out. It's already attacking my lungs. So if I get exposed to COVID, lights out. You know, I, I barely made it in in time. The staph infection. Um, if I waited a few more hours, it could have wiped me out. No, you guys are just starting to skim the surface of Brian's craziness because he could be a one-man reality TV show. Uh, so Angela, for one, is saying, oh, my God, that's BS. Fight the ticket. Absolutely. I'm sure you will. I wish I could be – if you're allowed to record it, record that when you go in. But tell everybody how you ended up with the staph infection because that is a story in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um the so cliff notes version, the cliff notes, because last time it was like a whole hour just that thing. So like the the reduced version of it. So I I was at this uh, eco village uh, called Cinderland. Amazing! It used to be just bare lava rock, and then now twenty years later, it's a food forest. Hawaii is the Garden of Eden. Food grows everywhere. Well, I was there with a, uh, a healing share, and a lot of healers were there. And there's a cow that got loose. And I'm like, okay, let me go try and round it up and get it back in its area. And this thing was cantankerous. I tell you what, I've uh, you know I've heard cattle before, no no big problem. But this thing did not want to have it. And I'm like trying to hurt it and get it out of people's camps. It's going in eating people's food. I'm like, yeah, like come on, go on, move. And it was just being cantankerous. It wasn't listening. Then it turned on me and went to charge me. And I'm like, stop. And, you know, like, I, I wasn't going to let it um, buffalo me. And, you know, like, it, it came in, you know, but then it just, like, hit me with its horns. I'm like, you know, but then it went on its way. No big deal. After the healing share, it started charging people. And I had my healing bag on one side, my singing bowl strapped down on the other, my conch shell. So I'm all kind of, like, strapped in there. So it was charging people, and then it came after me and bucked me over lava rock. So I got a big gash in my leg. <laughs> uh, now without going into all the stories of mexico and australia that will be for another time or you can go back and watch the first two midnight meanderings we kind of touched in with that a little bit but uh i i jokingly told brian when he was going to hawaii i was like well i wonder what the first thing is that's going to kill you or try to kill you in hawaii because he has like these brushes with death everywhere he goes and uh he's like oh there's nothing here that's going to happened in Hawaii and now this happens. So, you know, maybe I was onto something when I asked you that. <laughs> uh, 
I walk between worlds. I've died and come <laughs> back so many times. Um, I, I, I like. <laughs> don't worry about death. There is absolutely nothing to fear. <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful experience. It. You, the pain is only very, very temporary. Uh, when, once you pull out, the pain is gone and you're free of the burden of the body. And it is the most beautiful, the most blissful feeling you can imagine. And when you cross over to the other side, you know you're home. You're like, oh, this is home. That was just an adventure. That was just an experience. We're there to experience and learn and grow. So th there's nothing to fear. You know, I think a perfect human holiday. You know, there was an old um, British bit. Yeah. Oh, now now it's available. This is awesome. I I, I first listened to this. Oh, hold on. I got to get through this um this commercial, and then I can send the link for it. So it's called Human Holiday, and it's an old British comedy bit and things, and they're all bidding on which human holiday they're going to go have an adventure with. And it's just like one of my favorite little comedy bits. I originally listened to it during our silent retreat meditation uh, for my 100th monkey weekends. But I'll just post, for anybody's interested, we won't play it on air because, of course, it's not ours. It's copyrighted. But I'll post it in the comments if anybody's interested. You can go check that out. Um, it's a, it's great fun uh, just to listen to it. And there's a little theme song that will guarantee to get stuck in your head. <laughs> and you'll be singing it all day long. Yeah, because this is all just an adventure. And that's what, you know, despite all the, the chaos and the duality, um, from the oneality perspective, it is just an adventure. And then the point of it is, who do you choose to be in, in creationship to your perceived reality? And what choices could you make to create greater possibilities for yourself in the world? And that that's the energy to be in, if you can. And if you can't, then what, what could I do to get there? And just to strive for that so you can just have the greatest adventure. It's like you, the, those old books where you get to choose your own adventure. Keep choosing the ch things that are creating lightness in your life. And then the possibilities continue to to get better and better and unfold for you. But anyway, enjoy that if you like it. Yeah, the biggest thing, step outside the fear of death. Step outside the fear of failure. Forgive yourself, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, always strive for perfection, always strive to improve. But cut yourself some slack, forgive yourself. You know, step off that hamster wheel and, and step back. Now is the perfect time to take a pause and relax. You know, something that you could maybe speak to, have you run across uh, practitioners there that do, I'm going to mispronounce it, Ho'oponopono? Am I saying it yeah. right? Ho'oponopono. Yeah. Uh, that, that, because when you're saying forgive yourself, the, the energy of that technique is perfect for this. If you, I don't remember, I can look up if you don't know them all, um, the things to go through. But do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Because its origins are from Hawaii. In fact, Kakuna yeah. uh, gave that, um, that technique to the gentleman who was working at the hospital. It's a very powerful technique. It's an amazing clearing technique between people, for yourself, uh, for the land. Uh, it is, um, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you. And you can even add, I forgive you um, to it. Uh, so I love you, um, I'm sorry, oh wait, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I forgive you. Uh, so that is a very powerful clearing technique. I use it a lot in my healing. Even before I came to Hawaii, it came to me, uh, especially in my vision quest on the top of Mount Wolumbin. On my 33rd birthday, I was uh, up there all night long. Really cool experience. Climbed the 
uh, to the top of that mountain through the Australian rainforest with all the dangerous, deadly creatures and um, spent the night up there surrounded by the ancestors and that, that was amazing. Uh, but it really came through and I was using the whole Pono Pono technique. Uh, it's challenging to pronounce Hawaiian, but all letters are pronounced. Uh, that, that's kind of the secret here. Uh, so you, when you come, it takes a minute to get used to saying some of the names. Um, like the one beach that I love going to is Kapa'a, and it's K-A-P-A-A, but it's not Kapa, it's Kapa'a. So it's like Ho'opono'pono. Everything is pronounced. Yeah, and, and I'll put uh, something up on the screen just to help people uh, visualize it a little bit better. I think this is the right one. Yep. So you can see here, um, it, I wish I could get a little bit better, but that, there you go. It's Ho'opono'pono Pono prayer. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I've heard that in different orders. So, I mean, it's not, it's the energy of it, the energy of Ho'oponopono. It means all of those things. Just like aloha means I love you, means hello, means goodbye. Um, it's, you know, aloha is the, the face and the breath and sharing that with the land. Yeah. And the story, if I, I forget the guy's name, but there was a, if I remember the story correctly, there was like a, um, a psychiatric ward. And this gentleman who had gotten this technique from a kahuna would walk around with this clipboard for each patient. And he would basically just be saying this to himself the whole time. And they ended up uh, closing the hospital because all the patients got better. <laughs> they, they didn't have any patients to work on anymore. And one of the things that I always thought was that part of the reason that this is so powerful is that by you saying these things to someone else, even if it's just in your head and not out loud, you're acknowledging them as you. Like you're forgiving them, but that, but them is you. And there, like, there's this when you're coming from the energy of we're at one, and you're saying these things, it's freeing up this heaviness for both you and the person you're saying it about. So it's a real beautiful, uh, a beautiful technique to, and very powerful technique to your point uh, that you can use for yourself or for someone else. Yeah. So here, here's kind of a, a squirrel, um, <laughs> you know, about healing people you're around. You remember the prophecy of the fifth level healer, right? Once one person gets it, um, they'll pass it on just by interacting with others. I do, but to create context, because a lot of people here won't be familiar with that. In the Peruvian tradition, there are different levels of the priesthood and, and different types of healers. So there's like a Pampa Masayoc, who's a third level priest, an Alta Masayoc, which is a fourth level priest. And they had the prophecy of a fifth level priest, of a person who could heal every time without fail simply by the touch of a hand and um in fact that's one reason why when the spanish came and talked about christ they were very accommodating to the spanish coming in to conquer because they said oh christ uh, we we knew that would happen uh, it's good that it happened over there and they kind of embraced christianity into their tradition a little bit which is one reason it survived so well but that's the when we're talking about the levels of the priesthood that's what we're referring to here so the fifth level priest so okay um, you know, basically it's one, it's transferable by energy field, right? Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And your energy field for the most part, I mean, it extends, I had someone playing with uh, dowsing rods and it extends way, way out. But the, the biggest, strongest part of your energy field is about three feet out from you, right? Uh, give or take. Yeah. So how far do they, are they keeping people apart right now? Six feet. <laughs> 
-hmm. Are they trying to stop the spread of COVID or the spread of something else? I don't know. (laughs) That's a very interesting point. Yeah, that just came to me. So I'm like, huh. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I didn't have a... I had a thought, but it kind of fizzled probably at the same time as your thought. I got squirreled. (laughs) So we won't... We're, um, Robin came on and she's talking about, you know, it's really hard right now. Uh, and it was something that was dovetailing with some of the topics we've touched into in, um, scuba diving, you know, something we learned is, do you have air? Yeah. Okay. You're okay. Then do you have air to breathe? You're okay. So if you have air to breathe. Uh Oh, I think Brian froze again. Where did I freeze? I don't think I'm frozen. If you are watching and I'm not frozen, comment that I'm not frozen. <laughs> we'll see. Brian, come back. Maybe his computer is just uh, not happy today. We'll see. But I think the point he was uh, getting at is, you know, there's this amazing prayer that I learned in the 12-step program. For those of you who don't know, I'm like 12 years sober. Um, so I was a professional drinker for a long time. Yeah, he's got his phone back up and running. So let me bring this over. Your computer uh, so doesn't like it today. To, Yeah, no, I don't know what's going on. I had that problem with, in, with it in Australia. I thought I fixed it, but now it keeps crashing. So anyone wants to donate a uh, gaming laptop so I can do video app, uh, video editing, or um, you know, donate the money so I can purchase one, very, I would very graciously receive that. Right. Now that I'm mobile, I can kind of show you around a little bit. Right. Well, uh-huh. before before you go on with your thing, I was in the middle of telling uh, people about the set aside prayer because you were talking about um, one of the things that about with all the chaos in the world, if you got air in your uh, in your scuba diver, that you're you're good. Yeah, you know, you're okay. So I was just going to oh, share yeah. this prayer that I learned from um, Alcoholics Anonymous. Actually, it's called the set aside prayer, and it starts with. Lord, I give thanks for the food in my stomach, the clothing on my back, the air in my lungs, and the shelter over my head. And I especially give thanks for the, giving us the space to come together and meet in this way. I ask that you set aside everything. Help me set aside everything that I think I know about God, about politics, about religion, about healing, about metaphysics, about spirituality, and about everything, especially about you, God, that may have an open mind and experience the truth. So it's just a common, like a, a way to say thank you for everything that you have, like all your physical needs are met, and then helping you to set aside all the points of view and judgments that you may have to have a new experience. So just got give give that. But yeah, show us uh, around your little uh, tropical paradise there, and then finish what you were talking about the scuba divers and the air. Yeah. So the you know if you have air to breathe, you're okay. You know, so yeah, okay, you might be caught up in a rock, you might got a a rope wrapped around your leg or something holding you down, but do you have air to breathe? Yes, you're okay. So you have time to figure it out. You're not dead because you have air to breathe. Um, You know, so you can stop, not panic, figure it out and work it out. And that that's so much of being in the moment right now. Do you have food to eat? Do you have a roof over your head? If the answer is yes, you're doing better than a lot of people. Uh, and you're okay. Yeah, bills may be coming in. You know, your credit card payment might be coming in. But guess what? That's imaginary money. What happens if you don't pay your credit card? Yeah, <laughs> your, credit, your credit score gets dinged. But in reality, 
what can they really do? If you don't pay your credit card, they can't do anything about it. There's really no debtor's prison anymore. You can just walk away from it. Um, in reality, if you want to stop playing their game, you can just stop paying the credit cards and walk away. Yeah. Um, and if just to speak to that for a moment, I have 10 years of experience in banking and I've done everything from customer service to collections to Bank Secrecy Act compliance. And if you know... The, the, the worst that something they could do if you stop paying is they could try to arbitrate and attach your wages. Uh, but if you ever are in, find yourself in that position, just to give you the little tips here, you can, mm -hmm. um, you, you can, you can basically send a, you can send a defendant response in. And usually when you do that, because they would actually have to show up in court, um, they, they, mm -hmm. they don't proceed forward because they don't actually want you to show up. It's the people that don't do anything and they just think it's going to go away and then they attach wages and stuff. But if you allow a debt to go, um, you can you can request that they validate the debt. You can do all kinds of stuff. Um, not advocating that, of course, but to point point out, like, what's the worst that would happen? Uh, there's not much they can do. Now, they could eventually, depending on the amount of debt, they can try to do stuff. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of that just gets written off. And then a collection agency buys it and they try to collect on it for like seven years and then they resell it and so on. Yeah, but my, my point is not that I'm saying to, you know, scam that, you know, because, you know, it, it's not here in Hawaii. Some people live completely outside the system. They might do a work trade for where they're living, eat off the land, trade grow for their coconuts. own food. Yeah, oh, papaya, bananas are, um, I mean, coconuts grow everywhere. Uh, really, you can eat off the land. Avocado season's coming up and there are more avocados than you could ever eat. Oh man, the, the fresh you, avocado. I've had yeah. avocado toast like almost every day for breakfast. It's so amazing. I can't imagine just picking uh, one off a tree, ripe, ready for eating. That would just be awesome. You get to be, you get to be an avocado snob. So <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm, you know, I like, oh, I like the butter avocados more. There's certain, there's like four or five avocado trees on the property I'm in. And there's one that's my favorite, absolute favorite, perfect texture, not too wet. It's nice and creamy. There's another one which is a little bit um, denser and kind of dry. But if you're making a chocolate mousse, that one's ideal. Um, but here in Hawaii, people step off that hamster wheel and don't function in society at all. Is there a future in that? Well, that's for them to decide. There's people that eventually get themselves a property or they just live in these communities. And you, you see a lot of people living off grid here, even into their old age. And you don't age in Hawaii. Um, you can see people, you'll meet people and think they're in their forties and, Oh yeah, I'm, I'm turning 80 soon. What? Uh, it, it's, um, really, um, yeah. In the tropics, people don't age. The, the skin just doesn't break down, especially here in Hawaii. I don't know whether it's the high energy, uh, people that are 80 are still going to the beach, still surfing. There is no slowing down. Uh, they're still hiking. They're still climbing. Uh, it, it's, it's a different way of life. And actually, I'm just having the awareness. I think I'm going to do a whole talk on spiritual finances because I see there's a comment that um, I think, assuming it's thinking about the credit card information, there's a lot of resources financially for people who are um, possibly losing homes and stuff. There's like a forbearance program that if you have, it's a Fannie Mac loan or something like that, you could go six months to 12 months with a forbearance payment where like interest accumulates, but you don't have to make a payment. There's uh, usually credit card programs that will go 12 months when something like this happens, dropping your interest to like 1% or zero and a very minimal payment. So there's definitely a lot of stuff. I'll put together something and just do like a little video just for that for you guys, because, uh, uh, you know, 
counter I could never even thought about doing something like that but I have all the experience in banking I know a lot of the a, a lot of the ins and outs for all that kind of stuff so I will uh, definitely make something like that you know, you've helped me with a lot of advice and we've talked about mischief and shenanigans <laughs> in, in the financial world and yeah um, yeah but no right now uh, Capital One has um, basically made my minimum payment zero as long as this is going so I don't have to make credit card payments uh, which is very helpful because the money's pretty much dried up here. Luckily, you can eat off the island. Um, uh, yeah, so it, um, but where was I going with this? Um, it's, you know, so if you have air to breathe, you're okay. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow doesn't exist. Tomorrow might not come. Who knows? An asteroid might hit the Earth. A coronal mass ejection might get thrown out the sun and eat the Earth. Um, no joke. There was a discovery program. It was like 20 ways that the Earth could just end like tomorrow. And it was like all like crazy things that you wouldn't think about. But you never know. You never thought a virus would happen that would paralyze the economy and cause a retail apocalypse. Uh, but at the same time, in every single different, hey, Louie is here, squirrel. I told her she, you know, yeah. funny, funny story. She went out on her shaman homework training or whatnot, and she went to get rocks for each uh, of the elements. And the first three things she picked up ended up being like acorn caps. <laughs> and so I made a comment in the group earlier. I'm like, well, maybe you just need a dose of, of Brian tonight. I'm midnight meandering. So I'm glad you were able to join us, Louie. <laughs> <laughs> how, how fun is that squirrel <laughs> so it, it's you know something that's really become in you know along with it doesn't matter like it, it's a game that we're playing you know trying to get ahead in life getting to um, and i mean we can talk go into you know underlining subconscious driving factors about why we need to build the biggest nest to attract a mate and what we you know a lot of this is about reproduction and attracting a mate and we don't even realize it why are we trying to get the biggest best paying job and the fastest flashy car you know we're peacocking uh but when we realize this game we're just playing it you know and once you identify those subconscious driving factors you can step out of that game and go uh, you know it, you you can choose what you want to play what level of the game do you want to interact with uh and as long as at this level of the game you're coming from a place of love and light you really can't go wrong if you're treating everybody with love and respect you you can't go wrong so you don't need to be you know, a huge CEO to be successful. What is success? Success is what you define it as. So right now, this very moment is all you have. The past doesn't exist. The future doesn't exist. It might never exist. So, okay, I'm going to graduate college in a year with this degree. Guess what? The college might get shut down now and not not exist. That job field might collapse and become obsolete. You never know because all you have right now is the the moment. You know, you're you're waiting for a retirement from this company, but all of a sudden that company is no longer in existence. All you have is the moment. So it, it's best to remain in that. So and focus on the positive of it. Not, oh, well, you know, the, the mosquitoes are itchy or the lava rock is sharp. Going, I'm in Hawaii right now. Look at this beautiful sunset. 
you know, I, I'm, you know, it's instead of sharing the negative in life, talk about the positive because positive attracts more positive energy flows where your attention goes. So whatever you're focusing on, you're feeding energy into it. And that's one reason why one of the greatest metaphysical truths and universal truths is what you resist persists. And you're trying to push away all the things that are negative and you're focusing on it, you're actually feeding energy into it. So instead of doing that, it's like, well, what could I do different here that would create a different possibility? And, Brian, have I ever told you, uh, this is from Param, who is a, a teacher here at Baldwin Wallace, who has a, uh, I'll post a link later, I, or maybe I'll, if I can find it while we're talking, I'll post it. It's called Why Life Sucks, A Global Voyage to Overcome the Misery of Everyday Living. And uh, the, it's, it's all the teachings of Osho. So it's really metaphysics, but it's um, delivered in a way where it's more like a theatrical presentation and people don't even realize that they're getting metaphysics. It's amazing. But um, I think he, he talked about that. Yeah, but he even went on a corporate tour. Like his talk became so popular at Baldwin Wallace. He traveled the country doing inspirational talks at corporations. And then he was even recently on a TED Talks. And so he was talking, mm-hmm. uh, he was on there and he's going to come on uh, Spirit Crazy Shamans here in a little bit. But in one of the things he talks about uh, the Mexican fishermen. And so this uh, the CEO, this executive, uh, goes down and he's in Mexico vacationing. And there's this little uh, Mexican fisherman selling his fish that he just finished grilling. And he tastes. He's like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing! Oh my gosh!" Well, like, how do you, how do you you know make the fish? He's like, "Well, you know, I wake up in the morning." And I spend some time with my family. I have my meal, and I, I send them out on their day, and then I take a nap. And then when I wake up, I come down here, I fish, I, I go out on my boat, and I, I fish a little bit, I catch a couple fish, I come here, I grill them, I sell them to people like you, have interesting conversations, and then I go home and I have a siesta, uh, and then I wake up and my wife has lunch for me, we have lunch, and then my, my kids come home and we, we do a little homework, and then we have, you know, we dance the night away, and then we fall asleep, and he's like, well, you know, if you if you were to buy you know a, this nice fishing pole in this boat, you could catch ten times the amount of fish. And he's like, oh well, what, what would I do then? He's like, well, then you would have enough money where you could buy like a fleet of you know a couple more boats and hire a couple people to help you, and you could catch maybe a thousand fish a day, and then you 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 could um, sell even more fish. He's like, oh great, what would I do then? He's like, well, then you could get to the point where you could have this big corporation with a fleet of. Uh, fishing boats that could all go out and they are creating all this um, all this abundance coming in you could have you know pallets of fish being brought in every day and and making your product freeze drying it setting it out worldwide and you could be at the top and have like a thousand employees under he's like wait what would you do then or what could i do then and he's like well then you would be have all the all the money that you would ever need and you could retire to a little village in mexico and you could go out and just you know sleep in wake up you know spend time with your family and then just go just for fun go out and catch a few fish and you know sell them and then have you know interesting conversations with people go home and spend time with your family but you see the point is that we get caught up in this rat race this is what he gives as an example of the rat race that we feel that we have to do all these things chase that dangling carrot to get all these things that we're taught is what you have to do you got to grow up and go to college and you have to go to college and get a job and you got to get the job and get the wife and get the wife and get the kids that we're always projecting ourselves and framing ourselves into the future that we forget to show up for the now and the now was yeah. i'm having an amazing experience fishing and all the other stuff is really irrelevant that's what other people taught me was important in life and not what is really important that's so true Uh, i'm gonna try to find he he actually did a whole video for the whole seminar and he has it on his page i think on facebook why life sucks i'm gonna find it and post a link here 
but yeah, uh, that's uh, I love prom stuff. I can't wait for him to be on. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it might not be Mexico, but I'm in Hawaii, and it's like you know, people work you know to save up for that vacation uh, once of a lifetime to make it to Hawaii for a, a few days, a, a week, a, a few weeks maybe if they're lucky, and they work and work and save up for years to take that you know that vacation that they've always wanted to do that was supposed to be their honeymoon. And, um, you know, they work day in and day out. And, well, you know, like I, I was on that rat wheel. You know, I, I worked so hard to get my degrees in bachelor's of engineering. I went through the Marines to go be a fighter jet pilot and I got injured. And But then I realized I'm in Hawaii now. I'm in the moment and I'm living this blissful experience. Yeah, it, it might be bumpy. Yeah, I might have to pick up a shovel every once in a while. Uh but I'm living in paradise. You know, so it's really kind of gotten me to this place of a cessation of desire. I'm where most people dream of vacationing. And you can be too. A simple, well, I mean, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think there are any flights going in or out of the island right now. I believe they are, but there's a two-week self-quarantine. So if you want to take a week-long vacation, plan on being here for three three weeks. Um, yeah, yeah, Anya was going to go to Germany, and now the whole trip might be um, postponed because if they can go, assuming the flight doesn't get canceled. But once they get there, they have to spend two weeks in quarantine, and her parents don't want to be locked in with her for two weeks, not being able to go outside. So I'm just like, well, what's yeah. the? I told them, well, we can rent an Airbnb or something. Like, um, you know, you don't have to stay with your parents. Uh, you could still go like i'm sure airbnbs are like dirt cheap right now because they're no one's traveling so like what would be two weeks to be able to still do your trip and then she could stay for three months and come back or whatever and i, I did find the link so i posted it in the comments the only if you're watching me from um, my personal profile which it doesn't look like anybody is right now uh, it's all on the facebook pages and the youtube channel but you can use the link and um you can watch the a prom talk and it's about uh, it's a four-hour talk at the very beginning he gives everybody like one exercise where they get to talk to each other and then he says let the monologue begin and then he goes and he never stops for four hours talking <laughs> <laughs> so get get some popcorn well it's nice on youtube you can just pause it he gives it like one yeah. break during the actual thing but it's it's great information if you have the time to watch it uh do yourself do your i invite you to be a kindness for yourself and watch it and see what just seeing that might shift in your reality because he's amazing. Awesome, awesome. Well, really quick before it gets completely dark, let me uh, let me show you. So that is looking out in that direction is Mauna Kea. There's uh, clouds over the mountain right now, uh, but can you see it or is it okay? Yep. Yeah, it adjusted so a little. That bit. is the beautiful Hawaiian sunset right now, and as you see, this is bare lava rock. Uh, so this is. I forget what lava flow this is, but this is new, fresh earth. And then here, a papayas, papayas, and this is a fern, one of the first plants to grow on the lava flow. So you have the ferns and the ohia tree, and then more papayas and bananas. So food grows everywhere. So here's banana trees. Um, back over there, some of those trees are avocado trees, grumbachamba, um, uh, citrus, 
just i mean all every type of food you can imagine grows here everything grows in hawaii uh yeah but it's for the most part safe you know so it's not not like Australia where you have to worry about all these poisonous snakes, poisonous spiders. Um, the, the most dangerous thing here is a slug. Well, be, besides the meth heads. No, maybe people. Um, oh, yeah. Shame. Maybe too. I was going to say the people probably are the, the more. For, uh, yeah. And yeah, yeah. what was the thing I was just going to say too with that? Oh, just blew out of my mind. Well, anyway, if you're watching still, if you have any final questions, now's the time to comment because we plan to go on for about an hour. And for me, it's like one o'clock in the morning. So I'm definitely going to be going oh, to bed yeah. here in a little bit. But uh, I will say five minute warning. If you have any final questions, like now's the time to ask them. If you ask questions um, and we can't get to them or, or if you think of it afterwards and you make it in the comments uh, next Tuesday, every Tuesday night um, at midnight Eastern Standard Time, uh, we're planning to do this midnight meanderings and just see where it takes us. And now I think we got our group Brian, the first two, if you go back and watch it, we were kind of, you know, we didn't quite get our flow. Just like when Casey and I first started, we were kind of like not, you know, we were talking, but we weren't flowing. And now we're flowing tonight. I really feel the shift uh, with getting our groove here. So that's awesome. I can't wait for more Midnight Meanderings. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> and, and what, you know, what you said, you know, usable information, you know, the first couple of times we we're just catching up and uh, spinning yarn, talking story. Uh, but now, spinning now yarn. <laughs> this is like that? a spinning yarn reference you've made tonight. Like, is this like a hobby of yours now? Spinning yarn, or is this your favorite little? Uh... Uh, no, it's, it's something you, you, um, you know, uh, uh, the Aboriginal elders, you know, they'll, they'll talk about, you know, hey, let, let's have a fire and, you know, s sit around the fire and spin yarn. Well, or, you know, the, you the, know, the interesting is, thing to that in the Caro tradition, the way up in the mountains, the storyteller is, uh, well, yeah, Louis was beating me to it yarn is a story yes absolutely yeah because uh they, they would they have the knots and like you would just bring your hand across the string and when you got to the knot the vibration of the story was in the knot and they would tell the story so like the yarn spinning by a fire that makes a now that you see that context i'm, I'm glad i asked because that created so much more richness around that comment for me yeah it, it's really um that that's how a lot of spiritual information is shared by spinning yarn just sitting around and talking kind of in an informal way. And that's really where you get the good stuff. Yeah, you can sit through classes and you'll get the tradition. You'll you'll get, you know, the, the textbook stuff. But when you actually sit down with the, the spiritual elders, with the kahunas, with uh, the aboriginals, with the, the native elders, um, you know, you sit down with them and have, you know, talk afterwards, after the ceremony. Yeah, the ceremony, you can learn a lot in it, and it's a great connection. But the, the magic happens outside of that. The magic happens around the campfire when everybody's relaxed and, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the appropriate people are around to talk about some of these things. Uh, some of these topics can be talked about uh, right now. It's, the world's not ready yet. I, I, there's so many exciting places I wish I could share with you right now and tell you, but um, you I, don't I want can't. To, you don't want a bolt of lightning coming out and fry your ass. I get it. Uh, well, no, I mean, I say that jokingly. I say that jokingly. Um, I mean, it, it, I, I don't want to find out what the consequences could be. Um, and it could be just getting shunned. Like, oh, you, you weren't respectful and you shared, so we're not going to share anymore with you. Uh, so, you know, I, I share what I, I know is common knowledge or uh, what I can talk about. Um, and I've learned previous to some of these uh, secrets, but um, 
I'm, I'm hoping there's full disclosure soon. A lot of yeah. spiritual people still feel like um, you need to be quiet about this. You, you can't share it. But that comes from being persecuted. Well, they go, came. Go to your elder and say, hey, if it's the end times, if not you, who? If not now, when? Come on, stir crazy shamans and share your gift with the world. Okay, I'll, I'll try and get them on. We'll, yeah. uh, Let's see. We'll see. I, would, I would love it. In case you might stay up late. To, to to have that conversation too if he knew we were going to have some hawaiian kahuna on yeah yeah so he, he's a really great guy um i i mean but I, i've met so many people here uh they'll find you if you're meant to work with them they'll find you and louis was sharing that home stories told in the evening as women were spinning the wool over yarn for later weaving and knitting so just another little yarn reference and i think a angela is excited that uh, we're going to be out on tuesdays because that is uh, 9 p.m her time so it's, she's going to be able to join us each time and also uh just a shout out anna who i saw on the line i have not forgotten about the video i was going to make you i just um my days have got away from me homeschooling is tough I'll tell you, <laughs> and man, they, they, we're finally getting a groove, but um, I, I would think I would have all this time, but uh, the time just evaporates. And then today we were out in nature like the entire time, went to Holy Love Ministries, went over to Columbia Park where the waterfall empties on the lake. We were going to build, get students to build a um, IU Mesa. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was a great What's fun. today? Today, well, now it's Wednesday, but, oh, okay. but, but um, well, for me, it's Wednesday. For you, it's Tuesday. If it is, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hawaiian time. Yeah. <laughs> Hawaiian time. <laughs> oh yeah, it is Tuesday night. Yeah, that I forgot. Yeah, we do it every Tuesday night. So luckily, I was by the computer. I did forget what day it was. Too much. Cool. But um, we're just over an hour, so I want to thank everybody for tuning in and for your contribution. It's so much more. I enjoy it a lot when people are making comments and we can kind of speak to um, some of the things that people are, are commenting about. And if you have questions for next time, next Tuesday, if you have a topic, let us know. We'll have, we'll happy, especially with Brian, uh, we can go down any rabbit hole or squirrel hole that you'd like. And um, there's no fear to go there. <laughs> so um, yeah, anything, anything that's on your mind, we can, we can go do, but thank you everyone. Oh, and check out if you're watching on YouTube, um, Brian's Facebook page is infinite love ministries. So if you want to put that in the search field and you want to like his page, I don't know how often you post stuff, uh, but we do stream. Uh, What's that? I'm working on, on posting more. So my website is uh, ministry or no, um, uh, infinite love movement. And I'm, I'm trying to condense my Facebook page to Infinite Love, but right now it is still the main page is Infinite Love Ministries. Uh, YouTube channel is Infinite Love as well. Yeah. And we can only really stream to one. Uh, oh, I'll find it. Let me find your pay, uh, thing real quick. Your YouTube channel is Infinite Love Ministries also? What was it? Yeah. Well, Infinite Love, but Infinite Love Ministries will bring it up. Infinite Love. Uh, yep, I found it. Your logo is right there. Wow, man, you have 368 subscribers? Yeah. Oh, wow, you're clobbering us right now. We'll catch up. All right, so I just posted Brian's YouTube channel if you want to go check that out and subscribe. You must have been doing a lot of videos. Yeah, awesome. I, I have a few. Um, my one video is over 37,000 views, the uh, one with the forks. Oh, when you were working on Ed Edwards? No, no, the uh, one where I was actually working on Genie. 
oh, but where is that Edward? Is, is that down now? Because he was just on Ancient Aliens again. You know, Ed Edwards, he is, if you ever saw the movie uh, Phenomena uh, with John Travolta, he's like the, the real person basis for that movie he has like the ability to control fields and it's measurable he's being studied by universities and he was on ancient aliens uh last year right before the expo so we had people like driving from all over the country to see him at the uh, event that i put on and because my site had him his information on it every time i know the ancient aliens episode airs because my phone starts ringing like off the hook and it's all these people that want appointments with that because they're calling me because they can't find his number <laughs> so i know every time it, it airs because i'm like oh it must have aired again i'm getting calls at two in the morning uh for ed edwards so but uh, you did a whole um, healing session for Ed, I thought, on your yeah. channel too. I actually have a couple of sessions with him and an interview. I did an interview with him talking about a few topics. Um, yeah, awesome. so uh, got that up there as well. Awesome. Well, I'm going to check that out. I will have to um, share that too. Let's see. Sounds it was cool. I, I don't know if I'll air the footage, but I do have it on. Remember how he told the story about knocking out the people at after he was leaving the university after the the experiment, and yeah. he got attacked by a gang, and he knocked the gang out. So what I did, I asked him to basically put numbers on that. You know, where do you do healing? Well, around three to four. Okay, where did you knock the gang out? About seven. What you know? Where is lightning? About nine. What is everything? All out. A 10. So I had him hit me with everything he could. And you know how he moves people around? Yeah. Well, he's like, come on, move your feet in, move your feet in, move your feet in. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, so he, he couldn't, it, it, I wasn't moving. Um, so he, he just starts hitting me with everything he's got. And it was intense. I started sweating. I could feel it. And he got up to, I think seven or eight, like he was saying, um, and he passed out and he went into this visionary state. It was really <laughs> wild. Uh, Ed, Ed is a character. He's so charismatic. Uh, if you have a chance, yeah. I just posted the link uh, specifically to the Ed Edwards interview, but then there's also a healing session. I, I mean, I remember the first time I, well, I, I had met him uh, once before at a workshop, but I was at the expo and I was just putting like this plastic tablecloth on. I was having all kinds of trouble with it because of how it clings statically to your skin <laughs> and stuff. And he just came over like with his finger and touched it. And it was just like, and it just hugged the table. It was like done. I'm like, what? I like, who's this guy? And then I, I, I started really learning about what he did. And on all the studies that they did with him, they found that his brain goes into a very specific Hertz frequency. And uh, he shared that with me. And I have, I have a prototype. Uh, they're BIRE, Biointrinsic Resonant Energy Tuning Forks. I have to send him a set so he can play around with them and see if he likes them or not. But basically, it's a binaural beat set of tuning forks where you can put one on either side of the ear, and it creates the frequency as a binaural beat in the brain to help you and train your brain to go to the same um, brainwave that he goes to when he starts to manipulate energy fields. So you can, in theory, the idea is that you can use these tuning forks to help teach yourself how to do what Ed does. Is that a similar frequency to the master theta that mm -hmm. I, I use? It, it's similar, but it's not. Okay. Uh, I, I met someone cool, kind of an unsuspecting uh, encounter. I mean, it happens all the time. He made a toroidal energy vortex generator. And he's playing around with like 432, 528 frequency, and he didn't know what to put through it. So I had him tune it to 70.1, the astral mental frequency. 
and I put it right on my third eye and I could feel the energy like very intensely. I could feel the energy putting this thing was putting out. It wraps around a 3D printed thing that was printed out of, um, well, I think it was the mold that was printed and then they um, basically made, um, I, I can't remember, but like a lot of gemstone powder put into this basically looked like a donut and they wrapped copper around it in a very specific way. I forget what the company's called, but I want to meet up with him soon and get to play with this more. But it, no kidding, I put it on my third eye and it was a visionary experience. Like I could think about something and see it. It was amazing. And it that's, was done with magnetic fields. And that same frequency, uh, Brian had me, am I allowed to talk about the set you had me make? Or is that like sure, yeah, yeah. priority? Okay. I just, because you told me it was like, you, you know, you didn't want it out there. So when I sell them, I don't put the frequencies on. I just call it a master theta set. But anyway, that frequency Brian just talked about and a second frequency that will remain nameless, I'll say, it was a, a specific, a specific um, difference to create a very specific level of theta. But because it was the astromental frequency and another number that's very significant, it was like a, a triple whammy. So one was the binaural beat for theta, one was the astromental frequency that's good for psychic development, and another one was a master frequency that the combination was just like zoom. And just uh, he would go around. We had him made his weighted tuning fork. So not only could you do the binaural beats, you could also use them on the body. Um, uh, osteophonic means um, weighted or to vibrate bone. Uh, so like you can use them like uh, to, to put on the body and the vibrations really go through. So you could put on like the third eye and there helps to create a sympathetic resonance with um, opening up the third eye, for example, for psychic awareness. So anyway, now we're nerding out over sound when we were going to yeah. 13 minutes ago. <laughs> That's all right. We're allowed to go over. Oh, those are amazing, though. I start a lot of my sessions with that. And some people will drop into um, an out of body experience with that. The, I've had people leave. Actually, Ed Edwards was one of those people that left. I was doing a session for him with the tuning forks, and he was gone for three and a half, four hours. I was not planning on that. So as you know, a sitter, you have to sit and watch them and you know monitor their energy just like you would for mushrooms, ayahuasca, peyote. Um, so you, you have to, they're out of body. You have to protect their physical vessel and guide them on their journey. Uh, so with those forks, I can actually create that out-of-body experience. You know, just the, um, I will remain nameless what frequency I was working with, but after having uh, touched them with some of these plant medicines, like for me, I get like a very particular tone. I, it's like the frequency of the plant, if you will. And when I hear that come when I'm working with a client, if I just like kind of fall into that energy and, and hold the space for them, I had one client that was seeing like, um, like the little saints like all the little spirals and geometric shapes and stuff like that without ever even consuming any medicine at all like they were just getting the experience just from the vibration of the plant that was like the sympathetic resonance i was getting it and then they were show uh, they were getting it so it was pretty amazing that you can do these things without actually having to consume ayahuasca or something like that that is, can be very hard on the body with purging and all that so fun stuff or people who are just afraid of it you know that's not um yeah. it's not uh something for everybody but it's definitely uh, nice to know that you can and recreate those experiences without having to uh, partake of things like that. Cool. Any As final? Oh, go ahead. Vibration comes up. The uh, Schumann resonance is raising to unheard of levels. I mean, a decade ago it was around three to four, then six to seven, uh, thirty-six, forty-two. Now it's over ninety. You know, I've heard it spiked up to one hundred and fifty. Uh, so as that, as the vibration of the planet raises 
the tide raises all boats. Everybody's vibrations raising. So people, the veil's getting taken down. So people are starting to be able to have these experiences that you would have only been able to access by taking plants or working with plants. Oh, you need so a now context around this because some of these people don't know what Schumann resonance is probably. So the Schumann resonance is the relationship of frequency uh, between the earth and the ionosphere. And you might know it not by name, but if you think about like the International Space Station and, and when the astronauts go up, they were finding that the astronauts were getting sick. And what it was is that it was missing this very low tone frequency that you have here on earth called the Schumann resonance. The guy who discovered it was named Schumann. That's where the name came from. Uh, but anyway, uh, they started, they have it playing now on the space stations and it helps keep the astronauts healthy because it's like, it's basically the frequency of the earth. It's like our connection to Pachamama, Mother Earth. And it has been spiking and it's not everywhere because once you get to 110 Hertz, you're hearing that stuff. But like people who have been um, like having reports of tinnitus and stuff like that, I have to wonder, is it that, or is it just their, it's coming into their audible range the frequency of the planet as the ionosphere fluctuates and that Schumann resonance fluctuates. So do you remember Tom Benedict? Oh, uh, Tom stones. Yeah. 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 So one of the first shows I did of your show, he came over to me and he's like, hands me a piece of Shungite. And he's like, Oh, uh, here, those lights would drive you nuts all weekend. If you didn't have this Shungite. So here, take the Shungite. It'll help you. And Oh, and I'm like, well, how did you know that the fluorescent lights get me sick? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot where I'm at. A psychic event. Then he goes, oh, and the ringing in your ears. That's not tinnitus. That is information coming in. I'm like, oh, it's just coming in too fast to be able to perceive it. Uh, but I started paying attention. And it might be in one ear or it might be in the other ear. It might be a higher or lower tone. So it's not a consistent ringing. Um, I, I do have that you know when i was in the marines too many gunshots went off near my ears so i do have uh, consistent ringing however what most people think is tinnitus are actually messages coming in mm -hmm. especially if the sound varies and uh if my understanding with uh, the actual medical condition like it's a very specific frequency that's just always present to the point like my dad has that he was uh in the air force on the like landing strip as a weather observer and so he had like damage to the ear and he always hears like the same tone and he could tell you the exact frequency because he could use a tone generator and continue to up it until he got to the point where he didn't hear the change because then he knows he just hit what he's already hearing and then he could go up and he would hear the next note but you could actually narrow it down but when it's like information coming in if it's an angel being or something else it's always different it's always coming yeah. and going and being different we got a comment oh, this is my this is my exact problem now which problem are you talking about just hearing oh you're hearing the tones so the well, great way to um to kind of access that is one you can ask them slow down you know like you can interact with them and be like hey cool that you want to talk to me slow down and then also understand that it's not necessarily coming in in language. It is just a vibration. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what energy could I be to receive the information that's coming? And then you unpack it. So like, if you ever see me do a clearing on, on these things, like from access, I get it as an energy and then I have to unpack and put the language to it. So it's not like you're just getting a sentence or, you know, it's not like Brian and I were talking, it's like an energetic thing. And then you have to kind of unpack it and put the words around it to, to get it. But one of the things that helps me the most when you get tones like that is to the visual of like a diver falling off a boat into the ocean, how they fall backwards, just falling into the tone. So like lay down, fall into the tone and see what your experience is because you might start getting visions or doing something else going on. 
yeah. in remote viewing, that packet of information is called a gestalt. Uh, so that's basically the zip file that you do the whole remote viewing session around. So you basically put the target down on the piece of paper. Uh, once you have that serial number of the envelope or the target, you then scribble a little scribble, and that is called the gestalt. And that is the packet of information you then unravel over the whole project you're remote viewing. Yeah. Um, my I, I view it sometimes like a telephone ringing or a warning. So all of a sudden I'll hear a loud warning. And if I'm not paying attention, it might be so loud it almost drops me to my knee. And I'm like, okay, wait, I need to pay attention. Oh, if I wasn't looking, I would have gotten hit by that car or I would have gotten in an accident or, uh, you know, I would have missed the turn or, you know, things happening like that. So sometimes it's just a, um, an alarm. Sometimes it's like a telephone ringing. Okay, I need to stop and listen and see who's trying to communicate what message to me. And you just kind of have to learn, like, for you what those different ones mean. Like, I have a very specific tone. I call it the need-to-know channel. It's kind of like the emergency broadcast system. If I hear that, I know, like, okay, let me tune in. And, like, I know it's, like, eminent information that is for mine or somebody else's immediate use. Um, but other than that, like, every single frequency has its own thing. Angela's having the issue where she hears it very loudly, especially at nighttime. Uh, you know, you could also ask them, like, you know, here, take it easy. Or if, if you're the other thing you might want to do is in the access, we would do something called office hours at night. Perhaps it's loud because it's the only time where you're slowing down to be able to be in a space of receiving. And what would happen if you could set aside 15 minutes in the morning each day in order to open up to that communication? And then at night they could leave you alone. So it's because we're so busy during the day. Sometimes at night, it's like, okay, here's our chance. Let's get it all in. And what if you could create a different possibility by having what we call an access office hours? You set aside a time once a week, three times a week, once a day, whatever you need, 10 to 15 minutes where you're just open up to that communication with the understanding that now they can leave you alone at night so you can sleep. Also, it could potentially be an electronic device. So is your Wi-Fi running? you can actually hear, especially with psychic means, frequencies that are outside the auditable range of hearing. So is it your Wi-Fi running? Is it another electronic device putting out a signal? Is it your cell phone? Try turning those off because sometimes everything's still in quiet at night so you can hear what you can't usually. So if you're there and you can hear this ringing, hear this loud frequency, well, check to see, is it locational? Yeah. If you move around and it gets louder or quieter, try and follow it to where it's loudest. It might be something emitting it. It might even be a crystal. I have a friend in Australia, uh, Johnny. Uh, she can hear, she has crystals in her window, the ones that make the prisms. And she can hear them ringing. So it might actually be a crystal ringing that you're hearing uh, through the piazzo electric effect. So if these crystals get energized, they will ring. They will actually physically vibrate, and you could potentially hear that. So see if it is locational. Yep. Or it might be uh, that she lives right next to a tower. Oh, yeah. You might want to move. Just no, well, well, but Shungite is one of the stones that can help with that. That's why Tom Stones gave you that for the fluorescent lights. So if you want yeah. to get like a Shungite necklace or have like a, a piece of Shungite tumbled stone or something like that, that could help with that. Smoky Quartz could help with that. Um, agate, I, no, is it Agate? Smoky Quartz, I know for sure, and, and Shungite. There might be others too that might help Faraday with that. Cage. 
There you go. So if you can build a Faraday cage around your bed, that will cancel out all EM around you. So if you have copper screen, you can build like a, a canopy bed around yourself. That will knock out all um, electromagnetic waves. Or the uh, other thing would be to ask a question. I'm big on questions, as you know, if you watch me during the day. What being of light could be a contribution to make this more palatable for me or that I could be around this frequency with greater ease. Because if it, if it is in fact not a communication and it is like this tower or something like that, then the question could be, well, what can I do to change it? What being of light could I engage here? What Yenapak, that's a the catch a word for like your spirit people or whatnot. What, what being could I engage here that would create a, a change? And so if you can't change your circumstances, change your possibilities. And maybe that would be something that could happen. There is also the physically... I wouldn't want to move to, to Chernobyl. It's radioactive. You're next to a cell phone tower. It's putting out EMF. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to live next to a cell phone tower. People yeah. get shungite and put it on their phone or different organite things and attach it to their cell phone to get rid of the radiation so it's not harmful to them. But here's a question. How does it broadcast its signal? If you have reception, it is broadcasting its signal. So if it has signal, it is putting out radiation. So if you put a shungite thing on your phone and it still works and you still have signal, guess what? It's still putting out radiation. But it's still so it's as a much representation as of intention, even if that's true. Like you're doing something for it and your intention carries a lot of momentum in the energetic world. But yeah, if, you're, if there's signal, then that is correct. Yeah. So, you know, some of the stuff is, you know, it's great to have intention, but some of it we do have to look at from at least this level of the game we're playing at physical laws of, you know, uh, physics, you know, right now. So if, you know, it's still putting out an EMF wave, it's still putting out an EMF wave as much rainbow and smiles as you wrap your phone in, it's still a radiation box. Uh, if it has reception, the only way you could put it um, you could put it in a uh, lead bag or a Faraday cage and then it won't have signal, then it's not, it's radiation safe. So when you want to use it, you can then pull it out of that bag and you'll be exposed to the radiation. However, it'll have signal and when you're done using it, put it back in the bag or well, turn it off. But the thing that doesn't help is like everybody has phones. So if you're like uh, in a populated area, your neighbor still has a phone and there's still signal there. So, you know, and do, do the neighbor what, has the Wi-Fi. The neighbor has the Wi-Fi. But, but the the other thing going back to an access thing, and then we really, really will wrap up because it's like almost one thirty or an hour and a half now. Uh, but point of view creates your reality. So all the places, okay, here's a clearing. So all the places that you line and agree with or resist and react to, all the judgments, points of view, considerations, decisions, conclusions and projections and expectations around what it means to have radiation from cell phones from towers and how that would impact your physical experience all that that is are you willing to destroy and uncreate it yes yes right and wrong good and bad pot and pock all nine shorts boys and beyond so i don't do clearings often on there because it creates a lot of questions which is fine but basically the idea is we ask the question first and we allow the energy to come up that that question prompts and then um, with the clearing statement, it, it eliminates everything that prevents you from moving into that possibility. So that's in a nutshell what we were just doing there. Cool. 
Well, I think we need to do more of that. We need to, um, you know, do active healing, do active clearing. Um, yeah, I, I think that would be great. Oh, yeah. So if anybody has problems, um, anybody wants to talk about stuff going on, let, let's work on it. Let's let's have these be active. Um, no, we can definitely just do that. Let's do it. Until I get the, the naughty letter from Axis because you're not supposed to do clearings on uh, public media unless you're a CF. Let, but, I mean, who's going to watch? <laughs> Let's use my clearing. I, I can do it. You know, my absolute. Actually, I got a new aspect of it, which I'm not sure what the difference is. I during a journey this weekend without plants. Actually, I was in a visionary state without plants. Um, I was doing clearing for myself, and I, I said instead of absolute resolution, um, absolute perfection, healing it to absolute perfection. I'm like, oh, well, it has definitely has a different bot, uh, vibration to it. And I'm pot and like, all my judgments about the word perfection. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, you know, you don't have to use that complicated, fancy thing. You can just say absolute resolution. You know, so you have a block in your life surrounding money. Oh, I feel like money's dirty. Okay, I release that with absolute resolution. That absolute resolution will trigger the subconscious mind to release that belief statement and resolve it absolute at the absolute res uh, level. So you, there is no more, yeah, you can clear what's right about it, what's wrong about it, what's good about it, what's bad about it, all nine statements, but you cannot clear it more than the absolute. The absolute level is, you, you can't get any more absolute than yeah. that. Yeah, in your way, we don't have to worry about trademark infringement. Exactly. <laughs> well, my trademark, but you know. <laughs> right. Well, I think you're giving me a uh, ability to use it, but cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're really going to wrap up now. I want to thank everybody for your contributions, uh, and we will catch you next Tuesday. And we'll uh, see, hopefully, you guys all show up again and can bring some topics and questions and things that we can work on for you if we want to actively heal on these two. Yeah, I, I would like that. That would be great. All right. Bye, everybody. See ya. Aloha. Now who?